Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hello everyone, Charles Watts here. It is Saturday. Welcome to another edition of Inside Arsenal. Wherever you're watching this, or listening to this around the world. I hope you're having a very, very good start to your weekend. Okay, the transfer window is shut. It's slammed shut, as everyone likes to say, at 11pm last night. UK time, and as expected, there was no further incomings for Arsenal, but there were outgoings. So I said in yesterday's episode that I wanted to sort of look a little bit more in depth at the window as a whole today, sort of compare how Arsenal are, where they are now, considering where they were at the start of the summer, and uh, give a bit of sort of opinion and that analysis on it all. So we're going to start by doing that. Let's go with what happened yesterday then, first of all. Of course, knowing Cummings, Mikel Arteta had his press conference ahead of the Manchester United game about one o'clock yesterday. He said in that press conference that he didn't think there was going to be any more incoming. So that kind of, you know, we all expected that anyway. But once he said that, I think we all knew that nothing else was going to happen between then and 11pm. And it was all going to be about outgoings. And there were three fairly significant outgoings for Arsenal before the deadline shut. Rob Holding was the last of them last night moving to Crystal Palace. Great move to him for him. Really happy for him. Um, you know, been a fantastic servant for Arsenal. Played lots of games, won FA Cups, been really key to those FA Cup wins as well. Um, gets a lot of unfair criticism, I think. And I think he's a really good Premier League defender and I think will go and do really well for Crystal Palace. And I think it's a fantastic deal for them. For Arsenal, I think it's frankly, a pretty atrocious deal. Um, I just can't... <laughs> I think it's been sort of billed as four million, but you saw David Ornstein yesterday, the Athletic, um, tweeting Arsenal going to get one million up front and then 2.5 million add-ons. <laughs> one billion pounds up front for Rob Holding, 27 years old. If you include the option he's got left in his contract, still had two years left on his deal. Um, you know, proven Premier League player over the years, FA Cup winner, still 27, and selling to a top, well, a good level Premier League club and you're getting £1 million for him. It's basically a loan fee. It's uh, I, just, I can't get my head around it. 
you know, maybe this a kind of thank you to Rob, um, you know, for his years of service and how important he's been behind the scenes and he's such a popular player. So maybe that's what Arsenal have done in one way you can look at that. I think that's a classy move from Arsenal, but I think sometimes, and I know I'm not, never that bothered about how much Arsenal get for transfers. Like I looked at the Balogun one, obviously there was lots of disappointment over that, but I looked at it and still thought, you know, it's 35 million pounds. KSC will still have still spent a lot of money. Um, even when Arsenal haven't brought in much money, they've still spent. So I don't look at it as, as that important, but I still think you should be getting something close to market value. And, you know, I think, who was it? I've forgotten the guy's name, but um, it was Forrest bought a centre-back from Norwich yesterday for 20 million. An Irish international, I can't remember his name. Yeah, obviously he's younger, 21, but he's from Norwich from the Championship for 20 million. And Arsenal was selling a proven Premier League player to another Premier League club for 1 million up front. I just, yeah, I, I think that's a really poor deal. I sort of looked at the Leno deal last summer and thought that was abysmal uh, in terms of a price for a player of Leno's quality and experience. And I look at this and think it's exactly the same. I just think Arsenal, <laughs> I don't quite know how KSE can kind of sit there and look at this and look at that fee and think, and they don't, they don't sort of say to each other, hang on a minute, that's not quite right. Surely we should be getting a little bit more money for someone like Rob Holding than that. But, you know, I clearly not, I, you know, there's lots of people who disagree with me. I've seen everyone reacting to it on social media and lots of people seem like, you know, they're happy that Rob Holding's gone for that amount of money. And, um, when I've said it on there, they're replying to me saying, oh, he's not very good. So that's all he's worth. But I just, I just don't buy it. I just think he's worth more than that. And I think, I think Palace must be laughing. I think he'll be really good for them. And I hope he is because he's such a nice guy and he's given such a lot of time for Arsenal. And as I said, been very influential in some really big wins and silverware for Arsenal. But yeah, I'm not sure. I think that's a pretty low transfer fee uh, myself. But let me know what you guys think. I'm sure some of you agree, some of you won't. Elsewhere, Sammy Lukonga, he completed his move to Luton. I spoke about that in yesterday's video. said that was in the offing. He did complete that loan move for the season to Luton. Good move for him, staying in the Premier League. You think that's a club he's certainly going to get lots of minutes. He's going to struggle, as we saw last night. Them losing at home to uh, West Ham makes it three defeats in a row for Luton. It's going to be a really tough, long old season for them. Um, but for Sambi, you know, it's an opportunity to play in the Premier League all season. You would think he's definitely going to get plenty of minutes there. And um, so hopefully that'll be good. And if he can put in decent performances, that should protect his value a little bit for Arsenal when they consider what they're going to do with him next summer. Nuno Tavares as well. He's gone to Nottingham Forest. Um, could be a really good move for him. All depends on Nuno, really, and what Nuno turns up. If it's the one who's got his head switched on and plays well, I think he could have a really good season for them and make a big, big impact because I think he's a good player and he's got lots of really good attributes. But if it's the Nuno who goes there and loses his head a little bit, and um, then then he might well struggle. And Forrest has signed a lot of players. I think they signed seven yesterday. So there's going to, going to be lots of competition for places in that Forest squad. And it all depends on um, how uh, how he gets on there. There's no option in the Lukonga deal. It's just a straight loan. There is an option included in the deal for Nuno Tavares of around £12 million next summer if Forrest want to trigger that. So, uh, so yeah, we shall wait and see if they do. Uh, this one I just thought quickly, um, obviously it's not a massive deal, but I just thought it was a really interesting one. Arthur Okonkwo joining Wrexham. Um, uh, I do have a question about Okonkwo, actually, or kind of about the loan system uh, that I'll go through at the end of this episode. So, But um, yeah, just an interesting one. He had such a good time in Sturmgratz last season on loan in Austria. There was lots of interest in him throughout the summer, um, but he's ended up going to Wrexham. Um, which is just, a, I think it's a really interesting move. He's going to get lots of exposure there. The thing, I mean, this is basically the end of a conquo unless something dramatic happens at Arsenal because he's only got a year left on his contract. And this is a season-long loan. So, you know, it's just basically playing out his contract 
um, before moving on a free next summer. But for him as a player, I think it's a really good move. You know, they're going to get lots of lots of exposure there. We all know what Wrexham's all about and the um, what the owners are like and what that brings to the club and the spotlight that that brings on the club. So if Conco can get a good move there, I've had a lot of people saying, why has he gone? Why has he dropped down that low when he had a really good season in Austria? But I think you've got to take the club into account here and the spotlight and the exposure into it all. And I think that's played a lot of part. Well, I know that's played a big part in the thinking of Okonkwo and the people who look after Okonkwo in, in making this move. Because it's just going to, when you're in Austria, you can play really, really well. But you can kind of just be almost forgotten about over here because you're over there. You're not in the spotlight. You're not on TV. And so it's very difficult for people to sort of be able to concentrate on you and you, for you to be at the forefront of everyone's minds. But if you're going to Wrexham and you're going to be on TV a lot, because they will be, because it's Wrexham, um, you know, he's going to be at the forefront of everyone's mind. So I think it's a very clever move for him and it might end up, you know, really paying off and being beneficial for him and, uh, and good luck to him as well. Okay, right. So the transfer window as a whole here, the brilliant Sam Dean, who you all know, I'm sure has been on this channel a few times, has sort of broken this down here. Um, in terms of Arsenal's transfer window and how it concluded. So including add-ons, Arsenal spent around £210 million on transfer fees this summer. Of course, we know who they're for. Uh, when it's Declan Rice, you're in Timber, David Raya and, um, and Kai Havertz. Uh, and generated around £80 million through sales. So that's a net spend of around £130 million. That puts Arsenal second in the net spend table. Um, Chelsea obviously way out in front then Arsenal 128 million United just behind 127 Spurs just behind them and then Bournemouth coming in fifth in that table so that's a big outlay again for Arsenal they did bring in some money not as much money as they probably wanted but it's a very big outlay the huge of fees they paid for you know Declan Rice especially but Kai Havertz as well has um, sort of started off the window and I think there was a lot of excitement about what Arsenal did at the start of the window and getting those players in. This is the problem of getting your business done early and your significant business done early is when you don't then add to it later on in the window, people look at things very, very differently and sort of judge the window very, very differently. I think if it had sort of flipped around a little bit and Arsenal had signed Declan Rice and David Raya and kind of have everyone like that right at the end of the window, there's probably going to be a little bit more excitement about how it feels. But but right now, you know, I can, I can sense and I can absolutely understand the sense that maybe Arsenal have left themselves a little bit short in this window. They have made some pretty significant sales, which they wanted to. Granite Xhaka to Leverkusen and especially following Balogun to Monaco were the big sort of sales in that. There's you know, plenty of other moves gone on. You know, Pablo Mari, um, uh, Matt Turner, you know, plenty of other players have moved on as well. But those are the two really big ones for Arsenal and that is what's helped sort of bring in around 80 million I think the big one that they didn't get which they'll be really disappointed with is still Kieran Tierney obviously they've got him a good move over to Sociedad you would hope that's a move that still protects his value and they will be able to bring in money for him next summer should they sell but they would have started this window well I know they did start this window very much expecting to sell Kieran Tierney and get big money in for Kieran Tierney that could go down into the accounting books in fact that hasn't happened I think it's going to be definitely a little bit of a disappointment when they look at it and they put everything down on the balance sheets. Um, and when you look at the squad with those departures, I think it's really tough not to think Arsenal are short going into this season. Certainly the first half of the season, we've got to go up to November now. The Champions League fixtures are out, of course. The Carabao Cup's going to start up again. And you look at that squad 
that if you're watching this on YouTube, you can see it in front of me there. I've got the squad list up there. I think it's short, especially in the defence there, because two of those players in that list, you've got Saliba, Ben White, Gabriel, Timber, Kivior, uh, Cedric, Tomiasu and Zinchenko as the defenders. But you can strike a line through Urien Timber, obviously, because he's injured and not going to play again this season. And you can pretty much strike a line through Cedric Suarez, who although he didn't get a move yesterday, there was plenty going on with Cedric. And I still think he'll probably go. Whether that ends up being a contract termination or there is options with other windows from another league still open for the next couple of weeks or so. Um, I look at it, you know, you're basically there. You've got Saliba, White, Gabriel, Kivior, Tomiasu and Zinchenko. And that's it. As your defensive options, you do have Declan Rice, who can play there, obviously. We've seen Thomas Party playing at right back recently. But sort of purely defensive options, just Saliba, White, Gabriel, Kivior, Tomiasu and Zinchenko. And when two of those are Zinchenko and Tomiasu, who we all know struggle injury-wise and pick up injuries at a fairly consistent rate, I think it's a big, big risk. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow wherever you are. Tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. I just, yeah, I, it's not much more I can really say about it. I just think they're taking a, they're taking a risk. The fact that they've, they've got rid of two players in the squad. They've signed Timber, obviously, who is injured and out for the season which is a real blow and really unlucky, but he is injured and they've known he's been injured for a, a long time now. So they signed him to add... They've, they've, they've ended last season and I think we all know that defensively, with the injuries to Tommy Asu and Saliba, they ended up being a little bit short defensively and ultimately that did cost Arsenal, no doubt about it. And so they went out and signed Timber, who could provide cover in lots of different areas across the back, across the back line, which is great, but now he's injured. And then on top of that, Holding, who played about 15 games in the Premier League last season, and more in Europe, probably well into his 20s in all competitions last season. And Tierney, who was into about 33 games last season, have both left. So that's two players you relied on heavily last season, have gone. You've lost the player that you brought in for a, to a season-long injury. I just think they're really sure. I really do. I think it's a really risky gamble from the club to sort of go through this first half of the season with those players. And, you know, I'm sure Mikel Arteta would have wanted another face in, another body in. I know he spoke about it in yesterday's press conference a little bit, but um, and he said all the things that you would expect him to say. But I still think he would definitely wanted another body in. But for one reason or another, Arsenal didn't go out. They obviously didn't find someone they thought worked. There wasn't an option like on a loan that you really wanted. I can understand them not going out and spending big money on someone because then once Timber comes back, you know, well, what do you do with this other guy you've got big wages on who maybe isn't really going to be considered as part of the plans? But 
Yep, I think it's a I think it's a bit of a risk. I have to say, I think in the other areas they're all pretty well stocked. Obviously, Nicolas Pepe there hasn't got his number. I still expect him to go in the next couple of weeks, one way or the other. Again, similar to Cedric, either on a contract termination or um, or a deal potentially to Saudi Arabia. We'll see. A lot of people are happy messaging me going, "Oh, Pepe's still here." Does that mean he's going to be integrated back into the squad? I'd be very very surprised if that's the case. I think everywhere else, I think they're well stocked because of the versatility they've got and the positions that everyone can play. I think in midfield and, in, and the forward line, they're, they're, you know, they're pretty solid. They're pretty good. Uh, but it's just in defence there. I think they've left themselves short. And if they get a couple of injuries, and we know it can happen like that. It, we saw it last season in that sporting game when Tommy Asu and um, Saliba both went down within the space of 10 minutes and were both ruled out for the remainder of the season. It can happen so, so quickly that you've got to protect yourselves from those sort of things, especially if you're really going to try and push Manchester City and have a successful Champions League campaign. So fingers crossed. It doesn't come back to backfire on Arsenal. But when I assess the transfer window right now, I think they've done some good stuff. I think they've signed some good players, but I think they've left themselves a little bit short. I think they needed more and I think they needed to react to the timber injury better than they have. So let me know what you guys think. If you agree with me or don't uh, don't agree with me, let me know, as always, in the comments below. Okay, I'm going to talk about a few questions and comments that have been sent in to me now before I wrap this one up. Here's one from Aaron Alexandra. says, our system of loaning players has fallen apart recently. I must say, departures of Conquo uh, from an Austrian first tier to fourth tier of England football seems like Arsenal just offloading the youngsters because they can't handle them. All the youth teams, rather than finding them a decent team to grow compared to Man City or Chelsea, who have good connections with teams abroad and lower tier the league to send on loan. Arsenal still not developed much when sending youngsters out. Look at what happened to Aziz, Flores, Rakik. Beerif last season, we still have Aziz, Walters, Cozy Dubry in the under-21s, who can use some minutes in the first team or loan rather than sitting down here. Arteta really gives youngsters a chance. That's quite a long one, but thank you very much for that. I, Yeah, I'm not sure I 100% agree. I think Arsenal put a lot of work into the loan department and how they do it, and I think they've had a lot of success. I mean, the Balogun one is hugely successful. They picked the right club, they sent him out, they got a massive loan fee, they got a massive fee for him in the end, I think, and that's what the sort of thing, when you point to what Chelsea and Man City do, I think Balogun you know, worked out, even Joe Willock as well, you know, they sent him out on loan to Newcastle. He was the last really big significant fee that they got from that. Some of the youngsters, yeah, I can see the Oconquo one I've already touched on. And I think, you know, when you say um, Arsenal just offloading youngsters, this was a move that Oconquo and his people wanted for him. You know, they they knew he had a successful time in Austria. They were looking at what they were going to do this season. and But they just felt that in Austria, he was just out of the spotlight a little bit. And it's like easily forgotten. And they looked at this and they looked at Wrexham and they felt this was a really good positive move it's going to give him a lot of publicity going to keep him in the public eye a lot more and that's effectively going to help him get his move some of the other players there you talked about yeah we'll see what happens with them I still think there's an opportunity maybe um for some of those to progress I mean Miguel Aziz obviously you know he's just I just don't think Miguel Aziz is as good as some people thought he was um fairly recently I think he's a decent player obviously but you know, some, it wasn't long ago people were calling for him to be in the Arsenal first team and I think that you know that's proven to be a a pretty off-the-mark shout, to be honest. And I think some of the other youngsters that are going through, the really good, talented youngsters that Arsenal have got at the moment, I think they might just be a little bit too young for a loan, especially when you look at Lewis Skelly, Wanieri, Cozy uh, Dubry. I think they're just a little bit too young for a loan. I think maybe they'll stay one more season in the under-21s and then go out for a loan. Raul Walters, I thought, might well go out, but I also look at what Arsenal have got defensively now and how short they are, as I've just spoken about. And I think Walters is probably the one player in the current youth setup who is very very close to um you know making his mark in the first team and 
being given opportunities in the first team physically. I think he's ready. I think you look at him and I watched him closely during the run to the Youth Cup final last year, last season, and he just looks ready to step up. Zinchenko was talking about the talking about him the other day to um, Rio Ferdinand, and he named him as the the player who was next, who was who was ready to sort of next make his mark in the senior team. And he talked about a time. Was it Thomas Party? Was someone? That um, they went into a 50 50 in training, and well, Walt was just absolutely shrugged him off and left him on the pitch. He was so, so strong. So I think he might well be an option rather than going out on loan this season. I think, given Arsenal's numbers defensively, they've probably looked at that and thought, no, we're going to keep him around and, um, and have him as a possible first team player this season. But thank you very much for your comment there. Here's one from Carlo. So same thing I was thinking, Charles, we are taking a risk going into the season with only six defenders in the squad. Disappointed they didn't add someone to give us depth. We have to hope no serious injuries before January or we will be struggling. Maybe Arteta is thinking of giving someone like Waters opportunities in the Cup and some other games. If he can make an impact like Rico Lewis did last season with City, then that will be a masterstroke. Yeah, like I said, I think out of all of them, he is the one who is very, very close to making that mark. And Mikel, I know, does really, really rate him. The coaching staff rate him. And it wouldn't be at all surprising if we do see Walters start getting some minutes this season in one of the competitions, whether that be the Premier League. I don't know. That would all depend on injuries. But I think, like you said, Carabao Cup, it feels like a good opportunity to really start seeing if Walters can make that step up to the first team and make the sort of impact that we saw Rico uh, Lewis do for Manchester City as well. But yeah, I agree. I think Arsenal are a little bit short defensively. Here's one from Lance. Says, Hi, Charles. Lance here from India. I think our squad is weaker than last season. Defensive, definitely short after Tierley's own deal. Informed Jacker has been replaced by Havertz, who's clearly struggling for confidence. Declan and Timber, great signings, but now we only have one of them. We lost the league last season because of injuries to our defence. Yeah, and I, there's not really much more I can add to that. I've already kind of said it, and I agree. I think the squad, I don't know if the squad's weaker. I think I'm not sure it's stronger. I think the addition of Declan Rice obviously gives Arsenal options. You can play him in midfield, you can play him in defence. So, and I think that's great. I do think Havertz will prove to be a good signing. Again, he can play in a number of positions. The timber injury is just a huge blow. No, absolutely a huge blow. But um, yeah, so I'm not sure. I think I definitely don't think it's stronger. The departures of Tierney and Holden, as I said, I think the defensive 100% weaker. I really do. And I think that could be a big mistake. I hope it's not. But if we see someone get injured for a significant amount of time, I think that could be a big, big mistake. Uh, here's someone who doesn't agree, said really good summer for Edu, who had a lot of doubts at the beginning of the window, still some work to do today, um, but got the incomings done quickly and was able to sell players like Xhaka, Balogun and hold him for excellent value. Only blemishes of not being able to sell Tierney or Tavares permanently. I don't, I definitely don't think Holding's excellent value. As I said earlier on, I think Xhaka and Balogun, those were decent deals. Um, yeah, the blemish, definitely Tierney's a big one. Not being able to sell Tierney is a big one. I'm not sure I really blame Arsenal for that. The bids just didn't arrive for Kieran Tierney. They wanted to sell him. They thought they would, but the, the offers just didn't come in. And that's why ultimately they had to send him out to Sociedad on loan. Tavares, look, I'm still hopeful with Tavares that that turns out to be a decent deal that can get done next summer. But we shall wait and see on that. But yeah, good to see different of opinions. Some people are disappointed. Some people like here did to do pretty happy with what Arsenal and Edu have done this summer. OK, before I go, I just wanted to touch on this. I don't know if you saw it yesterday, the press conference. Mikel Arteta was, I couldn't stop laughing listening to him when he was talking about her. Uh, his way to work explanations are reported um, that when he was asked about the questions about formations and things like that. And he started talking about how there was 43 different formations against Man City in the Community Shield. There was 36 last season. You, it's a surefire way of annoying a manager is when you question their tactics and their formations and things like that. And Mikel really went for it yesterday. Um, 
with his analogy about the drive to work and going down different routes and taking the M25 one day or taking the back routes the other day, depending on um, how you know the road was shaping up, the traffic was shaping up, if there was roadworks <laughs> for absolutely ages. Um, and I can, you obviously can understand what he's talking about and you have different formations during a game depending on a certain way that the teams are setting up. And if you see them, you see something, they've done something different and they've, uh, then you sort of change things in game. And that's what he's, that's what he's talking about. But uh, yeah, it was just a very, very funny answer for it. And um, um, yeah, it's going to be interesting what he does against United tomorrow. Obviously, we'll see what the team's going to be. We'll see if he's going to revert to type, who's going to play where. But um, yeah, I thought it was a really funny answer from him. I obviously haven't spoken much about the United game in today's video at all, because I just wanted to focus it on the transfer window now that the the window is shut to give my opinions on it. But anything you want to talk about in terms of that Man United game, please do let me know in the comments below who should play. Um, so many questions for Mikel to answer. I'm going to be really intrigued to see that team sheet when it comes out an hour before kickoff tomorrow. Who's up front? Who's in midfield? Who's in defence? Um, yeah, it's going to be very interesting. I'll be down there tomorrow sitting in my seat next to my dad. Can't wait. I'll be in the Tollington before the game. If you're around and you're having drinks in there, then I will be there. For, I think popping in for an hour or so to have a couple of beers before the match to come over and say hello if you're there. And if not, enjoy yourself, whatever you're doing around the world this weekend. I hope you have a very good Saturday and I'll be back tomorrow to speak to you all once again. Speak to you soon, everyone. Have a good weekend. Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. Thank <laughs> you.